0: Uh, well I'm fine uh in in in, uh, in large part because um we are continuing our series uh, uh about the federal government cabinet departments and nea uh which one are we doing today
1: It is the sweater wearing department of energy <laughs> Uh, sorry. I know that it was formed by Carter. And my my strongest memory and image of Carter is him saying, "We well, are have to put on sweaters and like turning down the heat in the White House, which I just think is awesome. But it does. But it does go to why. Why the formation of the Department of Energy, right? Like it actually does have.
0: Yeah, so, it's not
1: just Jimmy Carter being a little bit dramatic, which is okay. what he was.
0: Okay, so let's take a step back um, because, and, and I understand listeners, um, because Nia and I have a kind of sort of shared generational. I was
1: going to say shared childhood.
0: Okay, um, uh, we make sometimes references um, that uh, 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 that listeners might be unfamiliar with. Um, uh, what Nia is referencing is President Jimmy Carter um, during his term in the late 1970s gave a rather infamous <laughs> um, uh, address to the American public
1: energy basically energy austerity yes right he was at what he did was ask people he came on wearing a sweater and he asked people to it, to turn down their heat in the winter and conserve by wearing a sweater um,
0: yeah, and and was... turn
1: up their turn down their or turn up their air conditioning in the summer for the same reason, right? Trying to conserve energy because in the 1970s we had a giant energy shock.
0: Yeah. Uh, OPEC
1: was, yeah, decided yeah, we... that it was a good, it was, it was, let's see what the market does when we remove a bunch of oil from it, yeah. right? Let's see what happens.
0: Okay. okay so. You have the energy crisis uh, in the 1970s, um, and uh, until that energy crisis in the late ni- or in the 1970s, the federal government played a very limited role in crafting a national energy policy. Okay, because in large part, okay, energy was relatively cheap and abundant. Okay. Um, the nation relied on the private se- sector to fulfill most of the country's energy needs, um, and, and that worked
1: out. There were... It worked
0: out fine. But as Nia points out, as the 1970s dawned, the nations that comprise OPEC, which are the uh, which is the organization.
1: Petroleum exporting in, uh, countries?
0: Uh, uh, consortium or countries? OPEC
1: okay. It's something like that.
0: Okay. But these are those nations that comprised OPEC, it finally dawned on them that the one thing that they had as leverage, okay, was Western democracies consumed a whole bunch. Of their oil.
1: <laughs> right. Organization of the Petroleum Exporting Countries. Countries, okay. That's what it stands for. Meaning not just the Middle East, but also Russia, Venezuela. Venezuela, right? okay. But, but yeah. they were, but yes, the drinkers of said petroleum were U.S. and Canada and France and Australia and Britain and Germany, right? Countries yeah. that
0: so we, we
1: imported a great deal, even though we had a great deal.
0: So by the end of the 1970s, during the Carter administration, the energy crisis, okay, was was quite high. And as I think it was either 78, the winter of 1978 was a particularly cold winter, right? And um, President Carter goes on national TV, and he's sitting behind the desk in the Oval Office, and he's got a cardigan sweater on, right? Yep. okay. And he's telling the American public, hey, until we can go ahead and craft a a national energy policy that slowly weans us off, okay, fossil fuels, we're all going to have to make sacrifices. We're all going to have to pitch in. And what I'm saying to you, okay, my fellow Americans, is, you know, put on that sweater, turn down your heat right?
1: (laughs) That was actually the February of 77.
0: Oh, February 77. Which makes
1: sense with the signing of this department into law, which also happens in 77, right? Later in 77. Yeah,
0: so we're talking about the Department of Energy. Uh, It was uh, 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 signed into law in 1977. We've already talked about the one reason why it was created, which was the energy crisis of the 1970s. Nia, can you guess the second reason?
1: Well, I'm guessing that this isn't the first time that the U.S. government has been entangled in energy stuff.
0: Yes. That
1: that there was probably, hear me out on this. There are all kinds of little agencies and and little stuff that's in other departments that end up in the new department. So my guess is that something that there was at least one agency in other departments.
0: Yes. That so, ended
1: up in this department.
0: And it's, and it's a big one. I mean, because this is a, Nia, as you correctly point out, this is a theme throughout our discussion of the cabinet departments, right? Right. But the other main reason, okay, was um, atomic energy policy, okay? Right. So the Manhattan Project during World War II, that was, you know, the government effort to come up with an atomic weapon because we found out that the uh, that Germany was creating their own version, and we needed to go ahead and be you know be able to match you know the Germans during World War II, right? And we
1: thought they were closer than they actually as were. As
0: were. okay?
1: Because excellent propaganda on their side. Oh, sure it was
0: right. So much of war is propaganda, right? Right. Okay. right. How do you boost the morale of your of your nation while also? Diminishing the morale of your opponents.
1: Well, that's the whole we're winning, we're winning, we're winning thing. Yeah. Right. Like that's why no side in, in a war says, ah, it doesn't look good for us. They never say that. Yeah, Neither right. side, even if it's wildly outmatched, they don't ever say, I don't yeah. like our chances. So
0: post-World you know. War II, we have atomic weapons. But as we've discussed in a previous podcast episode, pretty quickly the United States came to the conclusion that if atomic weapons can produce, okay, the amount of energy to destroy an entire city.
1: Surely we could use that to power homes.
0: That's right. If we could go ahead and harness that, okay. um, That energy. Okay. We could use it for, you know, domestic, um, energy uh, uh, sources.
1: So, is that when we see the development of of nuclear reactor? Like, yes. I, I speak here from Richmond, and our closest is North Anna, the North Anna nuclear. Yeah, which um,
0: right up Interstate ninety-five. Plant. Yes, right. Okay. Um in in Nia, um in the late nineteen fifties, and again the Soviets beat us to this. The Soviets started using um, nuclear energy for domestic energy sources before we did. But even here in the United States, by the late 1950s, okay, we see our first domestic nuclear power plants, right?
1: Okay, I didn't realize it was that far back, but okay. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And and the reason why in part I know this is, um, uh, uh, earlier this semester in my politics and film class, um, uh, 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 we viewed and discussed Uh, uh, a movie made in the late 1970s, The China Syndrome. So I did a whole bunch of background research, as I'm wont to do. Um, As listeners, you know, uh, after, you know, multiple years of listening to this podcast, um, I get kind of, you know, you know, research geeky uh, with our various topics. So I did a whole bunch of research, okay? Um, And I found that out. Um, Which, by the way,
1: side note for for listeners who have not seen that movie, you should watch that movie.
0: Oh, yeah. It's, a good it's an movie. excellent film. Yes. Um, it yes. will
1: scare the sweet bejesus out of you, but it's an excellent, excellent film.
0: So but in 1954, the, Congress passed the Atomic Energy Act, um, and this ended the exclusive government use of the atom and allowed for the growth of the commercial nuclear power industry. So you combine those. So now the, the atomic
1: energy commission is over both the government use of nuclear not just weapons but think naval vessels think all kinds of things that are powered in the in the military but now also commercial so they're over both yeah. of those things yep so they become part of the department of energy is that so it's
0: yes okay the so
1: department of energy does I know this is going to sound dumb, but they do all the energy, right? They do, they do green energy, they do nuclear energy, they do fossil fuel energy. All of it falls under their purview.
0: Yeah, and, and in fact, today, Nia, um, the department actually spends more money and has more people on nuclear energy and weaponry than all those other, if you will categories that you just mentioned okay
1: do they spend a lot of money
0: um oh actually not all that much (laughs) money. really no
1: are they one of our smaller departments they
0: are one of our smaller departments but they're one of the most technical one of the most scientific okay
1: well i would hope so if they're dealing with nuclear i'm just gonna say i don't want that to be a casual
0: yeah. Okay. Oh, I
1: just ran by the plant the other day. It looked fine to me. I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah.
0: Well, it, <laughs> I want an actual
1: it, scientist in charge of that. Well, considering and, 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 what could and, and happen and if you it went blew in up and said
0: that actual scientists, <laughs> right? You know, you don't want you know those of us with just a casual interest, right? Okay. <laughs> well, it, it, what's fascinating about the Department of Energy is how much the rest of the world relies on our. DOE, Department of Energy, okay, to track the stockpile of nuclear weapons in the world. Okay.
1: I'm not surprised by that. We have a strong interest in knowing who has nuclear weapons, especially with the dissolution of the USSR. I think we were very worried about where their nuclear arsenal would end up. Yes. and who would end up in charge of it. And, and to that point, um, states that had not been nuclear states before that because they became states and there were nuclear weapons within those places are now nuclear states. Georgia, Azerbaijan, um, uh, Armenia, right? Chechnya, yeah. Ukraine, Ukraine yes. Belarus, because there were um, nuclear weapons stashed there when they were all part of the USSR. And now there's still nuclear things stashed there because it's not like.
0: And then you have other nation states um, who um, believe that one of the ways that they can protect their borders, but also be a player in the global, if you will, uh, community. Right. Um, is by developing their own nukes, right? Iran. OK. North, North Korea, Korea. OK. Um, so beyond and the then moves. you have
1: one, one country that has sworn off entirely, and that is Japan. Yes. Japan has said we will never have nuclear weapons.
0: Though they, I believe, have, they have nuclear,
1: nuclear power.
0: Well, yeah, in fact, well, they did. Well, they still do. In fact, um, they're in the top five um, nations in the world in regards to the highest percentage of their domestic energy output being derived from nuclear power.
1: Really even after Fukushima?
0: Yeah, uh, yes. Um Cuz I know
1: for a bit for a while there they were pretty scared
0: that well, they didn't been, have a good handle on that. It's been debated at length, but uh Japan's still in the top 5. Okay. Uh, um France is number 1 by the way. Um um so, but well, let's get back to uh the United States Department of Energy. So when it was first created, And again, this is a really good case study of why when you are creating a new department, it is best not to promise too much too soon, because if you can't deliver, okay, then the department becomes a punching bag, okay, from across the ideological spectrum, right?
1: Well, was it popular to start with?
0: Oh, no, it wasn't very popular to start with. Okay. What was the, I mean, was it like? Okay, but did it, you know? Okay, well, let me finish this point. Okay. So when Congress created it, okay, I mean, this is a really good example, Neo, of institutionalism. There's a public policy problem, we have an energy crisis, right? Lawmakers are like, hey, okay, we need to come up with a solution. Right. Hey, let's create a department of energy. Okay. Sounds great. Okay. But when it, w- it gets created almost immediately, okay, those who created the department, the media, the public were like, okay, so what are you guys going to do to solve the energy crisis? Because you just created this department because you said we need to solve the energy crisis. So what are you going to do? And almost immediately, the Carter administration was just like, well, this is a really complicated problem. (laughs) It's going to take a while. Okay. But there was a lot of fanfare behind creating it. And instead of, you know, creating it and saying, okay, let's give it a little bit of time, almost immediately, okay, stakeholders were like, you know, where's the solution? right right can Um, i just say that this
1: is like going to a wedding and asking the bride the bride and bride or bride and groom or bride and groom and groom and groom whichever the mixture is so when are you going to start a family like (laughs) dude we just got married 10 minutes ago can you give us just a little bit of time but that's Yeah, right. It's a similar thing that people do sometimes at weddings. I hear that question occasionally at weddings. And I'm like, really? Why don't you give them time to get through dessert first? Like,
0: yeah, you know, let let's see them navigate their honeymoon.
1: Exactly. Okay. <laughs> okay. Where they suddenly realize one of them likes to spend money on lots of frivolous stuff and the other one doesn't. And now they have to work that out. Let's let's wait till okay. they and do they that before lived together they
0: before they got married. Okay. Right. Let's let's give personal six, habits. <laughs> yeah, let's let's give them six to nine months of basically merging. Two lives in right. World, right
1: before we start in so i can see where you know the media the next day is like okay so fix the energy crisis and they're <laughs> like um we got here yesterday <laughs> yeah right we're gonna get back to you on that
0: and, and nia you mentioned this earlier in, in this episode the only departments cabinet level departments with smaller budgets in our federal government interior commerce and the epa right so congress has never given the department of energy a whole bunch of money okay
1: well and congress did not do the department of energy a solid because they put them in charge of regulating energy yes and developing energy and those are two um I don't even complicated. I don't even know the, how to.
0: And again, listeners, they can
1: be opposites, right? And if, and again,
0: this is a theme throughout our discussion of of, the, of these departments, right? Right.
1: We put you in charge to both regulate the thing and encourage the thing.
0: Yes. Okay. And not surprisingly, with that kind of mixed message, okay, those involved with the thing at times will go ahead and push back and say to the department. Which one is it? Right. You are giving me competing, um, conflicting messages. Right. Okay. So which one is it? I mean, competing
1: it, imperatives. That's the yes. word I was looking for. You're I mean, giving it, it, me competing imperatives about, am I supposed to go green and work on green energy? Or am I supposed to encourage drilling, drill, baby drill, fossil fuel use? Like what, which yeah. am I supposed to do? Because those two things work in opposition if one of the things I'm concerned about is greenhouse gases, for instance, or whatever.
0: You can't go ahead on one hand and say, um, like, you know, right now, okay, you've got executives from energy companies who are saying to the Biden administration, okay, Mr. President, which one do you want us to achieve? Do you want us to go ahead and pick up the slack Okay, because OPEC announced earlier this year that it's going to reduce the n- number of barrels of oil okay, um, we make available to the West. Or do you want us to go ahead and shift to more green energy sources?
1: Because we know that the shifting will take longer.
0: It will take longer. And we will have to go ahead and basically tell our shareholders, if we're, you know, a publicly owned company, or, you know, our workers, okay, we now need you to go ahead and focus on the development of new energy sources and not worry so much about finding us more oil to get into the marketplace, right? Right. Okay. Um, And similarly. Yes
1: if you're in the business of providing nuclear energy to people but you're also in the business of shutting down nuclear plants that are not safe or that need to be you know that something needs to be done to them repairs whatever as part of regulation how does that work right like that again the competing imperatives and it's unfortunate that departments seem to be asked to do both because i think what it makes it opens them up to a lot of criticism on both
0: sides like well you- i mean and that was going to be my next point in the short history of the department of energy neither side of the ideological spectrum the uh, okay is all warm and fuzzy about <laughs> right. <laughs> energy right? right okay liberals <laughs> liberals for instance have criticized the department almost from its inception that they spend way too much uh, uh, money on energy research and development on fossil fuels and not enough uh, focus on renewables or green energy, okay? Liberals, okay, almost immediately because of what happened at the Three Mile Island Nuclear Power Plant in 1979, criticized the department for prioritizing um uh nuclear energy okay even
1: though in the 50s those same liberals were like we need to pursue nuclear energy because it will be clean it will be cheap like i think at one point they were saying it will be free right it will be free energy for people we can free people from energy bills which by the way would be wonderful just as a consumer i would say oh heck, heck
0: yeah Right.
1: But like there was all this talk of in the sixties and the fifties and sixties of oh, nuclear is going to be the answer to the world's energy problems and you know and all that other kind of stuff. And if you don't develop that, then it can't be the energy, the it can't be the solution.
0: It cannot, right? And, and again, some of these criticisms are fair, right? I mean, but again, with, with nuclear energy, Nia, okay. If you're telling the energy sector of the economy, we need more nuclear energy, okay? At times, in the rush to go ahead and produce more nuclear energy, there are going to be safety concerns. Right. I mean, these are the kinds of trade-offs, particularly when you're dealing with something like nuclear energy.
1: Yeah, because the margin of error there is...
0: Is it's very change. thin
1: because yeah. if you screw that up, yes. you you can explode an area and make it Chernobyl like for centuries to come, right? Like,
0: and and then you got the conservatives, okay? You know, you know, let, 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 let's be balanced here in our treatment. Conservatives okay. have long complained that when we've had Democratic presidents, okay, they've spent way too much time, uh, time, money. Okay, on, you know, renewables, green energy, when historically the United States, okay, is the home to so much fossil fuel.
1: I was going to say, we have plenty of dead dinosaurs in the United
0: States. Okay, natural gas and oil. I mean, even to this day, technically, the United States could address all of their energy needs, okay, for nearly a year by not using a drop of oil from any of the OPEC nations. Now, it would completely... Is that still
1: true, considering what we've released out into the wild and sold and all that other stuff?
0: Sure it is, okay? But it would only be good for about roughly a year, maybe a year and a quarter. And then everything would go dark. Yeah, Everything would go dark, (laughs) right? (laughs) Live live well for the next year. Okay. (laughs) But, you know, that that's the conservative, you know, angle. Well,
1: and also the part of the conservative, I'm assuming part of the conservative argument there is that all, that is all experimental and we don't know whether it's going to work or not, as yes. opposed to we know that petroleum works. We know how to make petroleum yes. bend to our will.
0: Okay. In any way that
1: we're not sure, we're still, we're still trying to figure out how to make solar work in, in large scale, how to make wind turbine work in large scale. And it's a scale concern. Yes. You,
0: you just addressed probably the biggest concern coming from the energy industry, which is if the United States government actually wants the energy industry to shift to renewables, to green energy sources. Then they're going to have to incentivize both ends of the economic equation. Right. Make oil
1: extraction very expensive.
0: Well, no, what I was talking about, Neil, was incentivize American consumers to actually want renewable energy. Okay. That's one oh so make
1: it cheaper than the, any other kind of energy so that because people Because once demand you that? increase
0: the demand then the industry will go ahead and respond accordingly right they will go ahead okay. and, and rat, ratchet up the supply But if, right
1: now if a billion people asked for solar panels then companies would get into the solar panel business sure. because they could make a lot of money
0: sure okay and and again that's the conservative you know side of this which is if we're going to make the transition i mean go big or go home yeah right i mean and it's kind of sort of like the response to climate change right okay <laughs> if, if you're if you're we either got
1: to fix it or we got to let it or or we've got to destroy the planet we can't
0: keep limping along with yeah okay pick a lane <laughs> okay and let's drive it okay <laughs> right but doing this piecemeal and by the way I mean, it, and this is an artifact of living in a democracy, right? Because we will have a Democratic presidential term for four to eight years where there is an emphasis on renewables, green energy, etc. And then you follow it up with 48 years of a Republican administration, which is like, we already have cheap, plentiful natural gas and coal. and
1: We don't need to spend all this money on R&D for things that we don't know whether they're going to work when we do know this other thing works <laughs> and we have a lot of it.
0: Yes, right? I mean, and, and we still do have a lot of it.
1: Yeah. I mean, okay. there's some argument about whether it is a finite resource. Sure.
0: Okay. But
1: in, in But the- they're the- also saying the, the, other, the other argument as part of that is we will innovate out of that when the time comes. Hmm. Like when we run out of fossil fuels, it will force us to innovate into something else.
0: And if we don't want to wait, then you have to in incentivize or goose behavior in the market. And you got to do it on both sides, because otherwise, if you're a consumer, why go ahead and buy solar panels okay, for your house okay, if they're still expensive, right? Well, um,
1: and if their price is still more expensive than the price for using a coal-fired plant or whatever kind of energy. Natural it is gas, okay, your house, et, cetera, right.
0: et cetera, right? Okay. So and that's
1: it, the other part of that equation, right? Is that the government would also need to
0: make it disincentivize
1: more, the yes. use of the other by either making it more expensive or harder to get or whatever, so that you make the other thing look attractive. Isn't that that's the two sides of the economy right is
0: yes I mean, i'm going to make
1: the one thing look unattractive by making the other thing look more attractive. more attractive it's cheaper it's easier to access it's whatever it is it's
0: like the early years of non gasoline powered automobiles because they were so much more expensive than automobiles that still used gasoline okay I mean, many americans were just like well that's not attractive Right. I can't afford a LEAF.
1: I like it in principle. Yes. But in practicality, the, it's too
0: expensive. It's too expensive, right? Which or a then, Prius or whatever. Okay. Which then put the makers of automobiles in a bind because they know what their, what the government wants them to make more of. Okay. Right. But their consumer base is just like, I want my you know, uh, 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 SUV, okay, that has six cylinders, okay, (laughs) that might get 18 miles to the gallon using gasoline. Well, that's terrible for the environment. We know this, okay, those vehicles produce, okay, a whole bunch of greenhouse gas, right? We know this, right? But the consumers are still like, I want my SUV, even though they probably don't need an SUV right? But it's, it's, that's partly
1: marketing and cultural. I do have a question for you about this that I didn't ask you before recording. So tell me if you don't want to go here. But I'm curious, is California putting a thumb on this scale? Oh, sure. With its new law of there will be no gas powered vehicles after and I can't remember what year it's like 2030 or something. It's not.
0: in 2030, um, new vehicles in California um, cannot be uh, gasoline powered. Okay.
1: So, are they trying to push yes. the yes? Yes. Well,
0: in in, in for California, the hybrid
1: or not hybrid? I guess at that point it would be all electric.
0: It's, it's all electric. But in, in California is doing this in almost completely because the air quality in that state is terrible.
1: But. I would okay. like to side note California, we're talking to you now, and we like you because you're a nice little edge state. We like your shape, blah, blah, blah. You seem to be full of nice people, but your power grid sucks. Well, it that's sucks. It, that's the other reason. And easy. so you saying this to people, I would if I were living in California, the first thing I would say was is then you need to fix the power grid. They if you want me to years, plug my car into yeah. it.
0: Yes. You're going to
1: need to fix it so that my car will actually charge. Because otherwise, not only do I not have power, but then I can't go anywhere to...
0: Nonpartisan energy industry experts, okay, um, acknowledge that California basically has about five to six years to ramp up their electricity uh, grid capacity. Because if they don't, okay um there's no gonna, way you're going to have a massive problem in that state
1: yeah if you and tell because, everybody you want them to plug in a vehicle they need to be able to plug in a vehicle
0: and because california has such a huge impact okay um in that <laughs> auto- market like many <laughs> other markets okay um you, I mean you're basically going to force the automobile um uh, uh industry the auto- automobile manufacturing industry to change your product lines right okay because Uh,
1: california is an enormous car market yes it's probably the largest in the nation if it's not it's got to be two or three it can't
0: be less than that and now you bring in culture which you mentioned earlier right okay californians love to drive their cars right I mean, that's part of the reason why they have an air pollution problem, right? Well,
1: and whether they love it or not, their highway system forces them. Yes. That and, and the costs of living in their cities means that people need to live further out if they're going to have any sort of standard of living at all.
0: And anytime they attempt to invest resources in public transportation, um, particularly a recent vintage. Has been an unmitigated disaster. Okay, um, uh, I mean, all you got to do is take a look at the nascent subway system in Los Angeles, right? Um, or
1: the highway they were going to build out, or no, the light rail they were going to build between—I can't remember what cities—and it just completely San fell Francisco apart. San
0: Francisco and L.A. and cost a fortune, and yeah, I mean, it, 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 they're scrapping major sections of it now. Yeah, like I mean, that's not even. So, you know that's where you get a lot of criticisms of you know for instance the department of energy and then you have presidents like trump <laughs> okay
1: he's not been the only one
0: he's not been the only one but it's probably the most egregious example of <laughs> yes. how little the department of energy mattered. Um, okay <laughs> it, now keep because, in mind okay So when Donald Trump was running for the Republican Party nomination for president, one of his competitors was Texas Governor Rick Perry.
1: And by the way, Donald Trump had nothing nice to say about any of his competitors. No. Because that is not the Trump way. The Trump way is is not to be kind about your competitors
0: ever. During one of the debates, then Governor Perry (laughs) said... (laughs) he was gonna get rid of three cabinet departments if he was elected president. Now he couldn't name all three, he actually forgot (laughs) one of them. But one he did remember was he said he would get rid of the Department of Energy. Well, Governor Perry quite obviously does not win the Republican Party nomination uh, for um, uh, president. But when Donald Trump wins in 2016, President Trump picks Rick Perry to become the Secretary of the Department of Energy. You want to send a very clear message to the career bureaucrats working in the Department of Energy about how little you think of their department? Go ahead and pick as the person... The guy. The said, guy who
1: stated openly he would get rid of your department. Yes. <laughs> now, part of part of, in fairness to Rick Perry, wow, didn't think those words would come out of my mouth. Yeah, I was about to saying. say. Um, in partly in fairness to Rick Perry, a Texas oh. politician, yes, could never come out in favor of the Department of Energy.
0: Yeah, I mean because they,
1: they perceive the Department of Energy as a. As an enemy to the state of Texas, because the state of Texas is hugely run by oil.
0: Yes, and and if they're not uh, 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 extracting it from the ground, they're refining it at uh, uh, refineries
1: and then transporting it out and, of Galveston.
0: That's right. Okay, so uh, in in that state's economy, uh, booms and busts depending on the price per gallon of petroleum. Okay, in the world, and yeah.
1: they perceive any regulation as bad regulation.
0: Yes, okay. because
1: again, Wild West—that's part of Texas's culture, culture
0: and mythology—is right? that they yeah.
1: are—is that they know better than anybody what to do with their oil and get out of our way and let us do it. Yes, um, and whether that is right or wrong—and I don't know if you can tell from my tone that I think it's pretty wrong—it—it um, it doesn't matter because putting in a Texas governor was going, to, was going to give that impression whether he had said something dumb on the campaign trail or not, or in the debates or not. So I, I think that, but I also think that that's partially Donald Trump oh. saying, how badly do you want to be in government? <laughs> I'll give you a job, but it's the job you don't want. That's very Trumpian
0: in the well, sense I mean, of it, 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 of standing
1: it, it, it. on the neck of your enemies like yeah, that's but,
0: a but also too i mean think about you know that's you, a
1: pretty clever
0: thing well i mean in donald trump demonstrated throughout his presidency i mean and even you know since he's been out of office you can be my enemy today uh, but if i need you tomorrow okay then you're no longer my enemy, but right. I'm
1: never going to embrace you as a friend.
0: Mm.
1: Like it's a, it's a, I don't know. He's got an, he's got an interesting way of dealing with his both his enemies and his friends. Um, so, who's the first?
0: Uh, the first was uh, the new, first.
1: Sorry, secretary. Yeah, I'm sorry. First. We had moved to the idea of secretaries, and bless his heart, Rick Perry. Okay, um, but
0: the the first uh, appointed by Jimmy Carter. Was uh, James Schlesinger, who interestingly enough was a Republican, and was a former former cabinet secretary under both Ford and Nixon. Did
1: him being a Republican make that go down easier for in terms of
0: partisanship? Well, partisanship, but also too remember this is still the era where um, you had cabinet secretaries who served presidents from both political parties. you know you could get accepted by the united states senate simply because you had a reputation for being a seasoned okay credible manager okay, okay. uh so we had not yet entered the stage of of you know hyper partisanship to where you know you're a democrat mr., uh, mr president or madam president you can't pick a republican or you know You are a Republican, you know, uh, uh, Mr. or Madam President. Um, You can't pick a Democrat. No, you didn't see that. Remember, I mean, this is the 1970s, right? You had a kind of sort of managerial class, okay, that were viewed as seasoned D.C. bureaucratic leaders.
1: Which I'm sure part of what Carter was looking for was, oh, my gosh, someone to stabilize.
0: Yes the Mm -hmm. the
1: energy issues in the country since we they seem to be at that point so unstable
0: yeah yeah okay Um, uh our first female and african-american to serve as the department of energy secretary was hazel o'leary which just reading that name (laughs) that's an irish name wow it's pretty cool that's really cool um in 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 our long our
1: long-standing love affair with names names, hazel yes her Uh, name is hazel hazel Hazel
0: o'leary right Doesn't that that
1: sounds like a person you'd want to be in charge of something something i I like her
0: yes yeah okay um appointed by uh, bill clinton okay and then um uh she was replaced um uh, by Bill Richardson, who I believe um, uh, is a Native American in part, um, but he brought a lot of gravitas to the position uh, because he was the former governor of New Mexico and the former U.S. ambassador to the United Nations. Um, which yeah,
1: I'm not sure the gravitas comes from governor because I don't know that Rick Perry had a lot of gravitas. I'm just gonna just gonna throw that out there. Probably comes from being an ambassador. But Ambassadors I, learn to talk to people who also, have vastly different worldviews and still be respectful.
0: Well, me, I'm gonna push back about former governors because even <laughs> you have recognized. In fact, in our first set of episodes entitled "Unicorn," that governors probably. Have a skill set that is better than most to run departments, to run departments, to be the department secretaries because of their experience as governors.
1: That's true. That's fair. And in fairness to Rick, in fairness to Rick Perry, nothing exploded on his watch, literally or figuratively. Like he he did what good. managerial drones do which is he kept the trains running on time yeah right like that's the whole he kept everything sort of moving i'm sure that there were things that career that career folks in the department disagreed with yes. but he didn't burn the place to the ground
0: as you know no he did not um in the current um uh, uh you know uh, i i can't even tell you who the current um The secretary of energy is which in most in most situations is a good thing is a good thing yeah you
1: don't really want to know who the current secretary jennifer granholm
0: oh she's the uh, former uh, governor of uh, michigan yes oh yes yeah okay
1: well cool that you knew that off the top of your head uh she was sworn in in february 25 2021
0: yeah yeah, boy, they moved her along pretty quickly. I mean, because um, I mean, let's face it, you know, Joe Biden didn't take uh, didn't take office until January twentieth of twenty twenty-one. That's about a month. Wow. <laughs> well,
1: she must not have been particularly controversial.
0: Versatile. Yeah, there you go. Okay. And again, for that department, I would prefer that in part because of the nukes. Okay. Right
1: yeah you want this person to be so chill yes that that you have to check for a pulse every so often
0: because every time north korea
1: because let's not get excitable if you're in charge of nuclear anything
0: yeah because every time north north korea does a missile test okay over (laughs) japan okay um where you know they're trying to figure out Do we actually have the technology to go ahead and deliver a nuke, okay, Um, you know, hundreds of miles away? You know, you need to be able to walk into the Oval Office and say, you know, Madam or Mr. President, okay, this happened. No need to get worried, okay? (laughs) We knew it was going to happen. It was part of your daily briefing, you know, five days ago. They did what we thought they were going to do. Okay, Uh, we know where it landed, Okay, et cetera, et cetera. You need to be that kind of calm, reassuring voice. Yes.
1: Also, can I I'm going to link to uh, one of my favorite government publications, which are the new reg, uh, which is the Nuclear Regulatory Commission publications prepared by the staff. And I just. I, I I don't know how to describe how much I love the new regs. Because things like this, just a title, Calculation of Releases of Radioactive Materials in Gaseous and Liquid Effluence from Pressurized Water Reactors. (laughs) Which sounds really boring until you say something like, that's how much radiation is in the air around a plant. And people go, whoa, I definitely want somebody measuring that. Yes, you do. You want these people measuring that.
0: Yeah. You and want, you want
1: them to know what they're doing and you want them to report it very calmly. There's a reactor safety study that they do every year where they they basically say, oh, that one's going to crack and burn to the ground or whatever. They don't actually. None of them are in that bad a condition, but
0: still. They do risk management work in the Department yes. of Energy, okay, that would put most statisticians to shame. Okay? Right. Um, and it's
1: because they're they are. Their 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 margin of error is non-existent. That's right. Yep. If they screw this up, they yep. will kill hundreds or thousands of people, yep. and they know that. But I I just so I'm going to link to those because I find them a delightful government document. Well, delightful is probably not the right word because every once in a while you'll see on their incident, and you're like, wait, what? What? What, what? what happened? Yeah. <laughs> right. um, but usually it's a fire. Actually. Yep. It's usually a fire and it gets put out and people know what they're doing. But, you know, the reason you want somebody in charge of this who's very calm is Fukushima. Yeah. Fukushima was a totally unexpected nuclear accident. They had no idea that a tsunami would take that plant down the way it did. Right. If they had known, they would have had different, it would have been arranged differently. And now they do know, and they're taking care with other, this is in Japan, the the Fukushima nuclear power accident, um, and Three Mile Island and Chernobyl. I mean, we learn from those accidents and we make it better and safer, but we want people in there learning so that we can improve the safety as much as we can each time.
0: And we want folks who don't engage in hyperbole. Right. We want them, okay, to tell us the facts so, we can make good, informed decisions, right? Um, we don't we want-
1: also though, don't want them to lie.
0: Yes, nothing right to on. see,
1: nothing to see. move along. <laughs> we want them to be honest and calm in yeah. their delivery. yep, um, which yep. you know I could I would say that a lot of folks could learn from yeah.
0: <laughs> but okay. anyway, yep well, so so that's
1: 1977 we're up to
0: yes we're it's
1: we're getting into uh, almost the what what our students would think of as the modern era oh yeah
0: okay
1: and our next is department of ed right Department Uh, of Education in 79, I think.
0: Yeah, I believe that is. Yeah, we have uh, the Department of Education. Yep. So we will see, or we will,
1: rather, we will be back with listeners. We won't see listeners because that would be weird. Um, But we'll be back with listeners in in a week or so to talk about the Department of Education.
0: Sounds good, Nia. Thanks, Augie. Bye.